Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rob Scheinberg, Rabbi of United Synagogue of Hoboken, New Jersey. And today we are learning Masechet Sukkah, Daf Mem Chet, Sukkah 48a and b. Most of this Daf focuses on the practice of Nisuch Hamayim, the libations of water onto the altar in the time of the Temple. Along the way, we will see three of the most unusual stories in the Talmud that concern heretics. One of those stories also involves etrogs being used as projectile weapons. Now, there actually is an explanation why there would be stories about heretics on a page in the Talmud that is about the practice of Nisu Hamayim. There are various places in the Torah where commandments are present to pour libations of wine on the altar. But there is never an unambiguous commandment to perform a libation of water on the altar. And yet, it was assumed by the rabbis that this Nisu Hamayim, this water libation, is a crucial part of the ritual for Sukkot. In the opinion of most rabbis, it was to be performed on each day of Sukkot, with the exception of Shabbat. And there's even one rabbi who suggests that it would even be done on the Shabbat of Sukkot. And thus, this ritual became a flashpoint for controversy between different groups of Jews, some of whom felt they should stick very close to the biblical text with a minimum of interpretation, and some who were more willing to consider a more wide-ranging approach to the legal interpretation of the Torah. Now, loosely speaking, those in that first category were referred to as the Tzdukim, or the Sadducees, while those in the second category, who were more willing to consider wide-ranging interpretations, were the Prushim, or the Pharisees, who became the spiritual ancestors of Rabbinic Judaism. Now, this distinction will become relevant because basically the Sadducees, the Tzdukim, were never fully comfortable with the ritual of Nisu Hamayim because it's not mentioned directly in the Torah. In the middle of our page, the Mishnah asks the question, Nisu Hamayim Ketzad, how is the water libation to be performed? Then we have a detailed explanation. A golden basin holding three logs, a unit of, vol- of volume, was filled from the Shiloach pool, which is the primary water source for ancient Jerusalem. They would bring this golden basin back to the Temple Mount. They'd come to a gate called the Water Gate, presumably because of its proximity to the Shiloach. They would blow the shofar in the pattern of tekiah, truah, tekiah. The priest would then ascend the ramp, turn to his left, where there were two bowls. The Mishnah has some disagreement about what those bowls were made out of, but one was designated for wine and one for water. These bowls were positioned such that water and wine would be poured into them, and then water and wine would pour out of spouts on these bowls onto the altar, into a series of pipes that would apparently drain through and under the altar. And then we read, They would say to the priest making the libation, raise up your hands, so that everyone would be able to see his hands. 
Because once one priest poured the water on his feet and the people pelted him with their etrogs. So the priest should raise his hand so the people will be able to see exactly where the priest is pouring the water so as not to have a repetition of that unfortunate event where the priest poured water on his feet. This is an unusual story that raises a number of difficulties. Why would a priest have poured the water on his feet instead of into the bowls and then onto the altar where it belongs? And second, why would the people have been so upset by this? And third, being so upset, why would they respond by throwing their etrogs? The Gemara at the bottom of page 48b retells the story but adds an additional crucial detail. Tanu Rabanan, ma'aseh b'tzluki echad she'nisach al gabe raglav urgamuhu kol ha'am betrogehen. It once happened that a tzduki, a Sadducee, poured water on his feet, and all the people pelted him with their etrogim. Now, if it was a Sadducee who had done this, we may have some greater understanding of why he was likely disparaging the entire practice of Nisu Hamayim because it's not unambiguously described in the Torah. And the people were enraged that a high priest would so disparage a tradition that was understood as a commandment from the oral Torah with the understanding that the Tzdukim, the Sadducees, doubted the entire idea of an oral Torah. And so they attack him with the etrogs that are conveniently in their hands. Rabbi Simcha Roth, of blessed memory, in his online commentary on the Mishnah, notes that the writings of the Jewish-Roman historian Josephus actually include some more information about an incident in the temple in which a priest was pelted with etrogs. Who is this priest? He was actually a king-slash-priest, King Alexander Yanai, one of the Hasmonean kings and descendants of the Maccabees, who took for themselves the role not only of king, but also as high priest. And the incident is described in Josephus' Jewish Antiquities, Book 13, Chapter 13. Now, Josephus does not indicate what prompted everyone to pelt King Alexander Yanai with etrogs. But we do know from other sources that King Alexander Yanai was an ally of the Sadducees and a fierce opponent of the Pharisees. So it may be that his neglect of this temple ritual is what prompted this remarkable reaction. Most upsettingly, Josephus reports the next part of the story, not mentioned in the Talmud, which is that Alexander Yanai was so enraged by the etrog-throwing incident that he responded by slaughtering scores and scores of Pharisees. Now, earlier on our page is yet another story about heretical opinions mentioned in conjunction with the water drawing and water libation ritual. If you thought the story about etrog pelting was unusual, you may find this story even more unusual. Gemara asks, What is the biblical source of for accompanying Nisu Hamayim with such festive activities like the blowing of the shofar? Rav said, It's an exposition of the verse from the book of Isaiah, you shall draw water in joy. And now we have the story. There were two heretics, minim, one named Sason and one named Simcha. These are two Hebrew words meaning joy. They are synonymous and they frequently occur in the Bible. Sasan said to, said to Simcha, I'm preferable to you because there's a verse in the book of Isaiah that says Sason v'simcha yasigu, and the word Sason is mentioned first. And Simcha responds with a verse of his own, Amar le Simcha le Sason, Ana adifna minach, dichtiv, Simcha v'sason lai hudin. 
The book of Esther says, Simcha v'sason lahudim, joy for the Jewish people. And the word Simcha comes first, so I'm better than you. Then Sasson says to Simcha, Chad yom parvakna ki One of these days they're going to carry you out and make you carry you out in front of the people because the verse says, Ki b'simcha It actually means they will go out with joy, but here understood as they will go out with Simcha. But, of course, Simcha responds with a verse of his own. One of these days, they're going to fill you with water because the verse says, Ushavtem mayin besasson, which actually means they will draw out water with joy. But here, literally meaning they will draw out water into sasson. And so this unusual story is followed by another unusual story about Rabbi Abahu, who met Amin, another heretic named Sasson, and perhaps the same one named Sasson. And Sasson says that he sees himself referred to in the line, Ushav tem mayim Sasson, understanding it as meaning that in the future, he will have the privilege of having others draw water for him. But Rabbi Abahu says, that interpretation would only hold if Isaiah had said, Ushav tem mayim lisasson, you shall draw out water for Sasson. But in actuality, the verse says, Ushav tem mayim bisasson. You shall draw water in Sasson. So, Sasson, sadly, your future is that you will become a water-drawing bucket in fulfillment of that verse. So what are we supposed to make of these bizarre stories? Perhaps the most straightforward interpretation is that of the Maharsha, Rabbi Shmuel Eliezer Edels, the 17th century Polish-Jewish commentator who had a special interest in the Agadot, the stories and homiletical interpretations of the Talmud. And he suggests that this passage is here, to make fun of those who would seek to interpret scripture themselves without the guidance of an interpretive tradition. So they would take words out of context and develop self-aggrandizing interpretations that put themselves at the very center of the biblical narrative. Like in the stories, Sasson and Simcha appear to think the entire Bible is really a series of prophecies about them and their lives. Now these minim, they may have been Sadducees, Tzdukim, or they may have been early Christians, two groups that were lampooned by the rabbis for their willingness to interpret scripture on their own and contrary to the rabbinic system of scriptural interpretation. So as we learn on this page about Nisu Hamayim, we are sent back in time to early years of the Jewish people, experiencing their joys, but also witnessing their deep conflicts as they sought to clarify what would characterize the next generations of Jewish interpretations and Jewish practice. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.